Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Law Librarian Conversations on Blog Talk Radio, the podcast about all things law library, legal bibliography, and the law library profession. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. All right. Well, today we got the blues intro. Um, I'm excited to be here today, and I want to welcome everybody to um, the first, at least in my experience, uh, Diversity and Inclusion Committee Town Hall. Um, Diversity and Inclusion Committee of AAAL. Um, And... um, Looking forward to having a, a good conversation. Um, my name is Richard Leiter. I'm the uh, host of Law Librarian Conversations, um, the podcast uh, radio program about all things law library and legal bibliography. Um, we've got a full panel. We have um, the whole uh, uh, diversity inclusion committee um, with us. As, as I count it, I think almost everybody on the committee is here. I'm really excited about that. Um, joining me here in the studio is Mandy Lee, um, our, one of our reference librarians here at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, uh, which is where I am broadcasting from, um, the true heart of the heartland. Um, so... Um, that's who we are. And um, what I'm going to do is I'll wait and let Cameron uh, Cowan, the chair of the committee, introduce members of her committee um, in a little bit. Before we get started, um, Frank Hodek, the sort of unofficial or you're not officially the AAAL historian, are you? No, no. No, no. Just by by popular um, uh, opinion. Popular or uh, unpopular opinion. Yes. Um, no, very popular. Our um, uh, resident, or how about that? Our resident uh, uh, historian who's uh, prepared an essay for us today about AAAL and um, its history regarding, I assume, diversity and inclusion in the profession. So let me introduce uh, Frank, a librarian and professor emeritus from SIU. Welcome aboard, Frank. Thank you very much, Rich. Appreciate it. Um, I'm going to begin by uh, by my usual uh, proviso, which to say is to say that uh, Rich, creator and host of this program, has uh, once again asked me to do the impossible. Tell the story of ALL diversity in minutes, not hours, and no surprise that can't be done. So although the title of this essay is The History of AALL Diversity, its subtitle is A Highly Selective and Abbreviated Account of Key Initiatives and Individuals, Emphasis on Selective and Abbreviated. I'll limit myself to short descriptions of just a few of the many people and events that have played crucial roles in ALL's evolving approach to diversity over the past century or so. Uh, Consequently, much will be admitted and omitted, and for this I apologize in advance. But enough of the intro, let's begin. And as is often the case when discussing the history of ALL, we begin on July 2nd, 1906, with the formation of the association at the American Library Association Annual Conference in Narragansett Pier, Rhode Island. 24 of the 25 individuals who are deemed charter members were white males. So one certainly can't say that the new organization was a bastion of diversity. But there was one woman in the group, and she was an important contributor to AALL for many years. Margaret Klingelsmith was librarian of the University of Pennsylvania's Biddle Law Library, a position she held for 32 years from 1899 to 1931. She had earned an LLB from Penn in 1898 and was one of the first women in the city of Philadelphia to be admitted to the bar. 
Klingle Smith remained active in ALL after its formation. She was vice president in 1912-13 and was remembered in a memorial in Law Library Journal as, quote, one of the best known and best loved of ALL members with a charming personality that added greatly to the enjoyment of the meetings she attended. Although Klingle Smith was the sole woman among the charter members, she was not alone for long. Only a year later, when the list of ALL members was published in the first issue of Law Library Journal, 13 women were included among the 69 members. That's nearly 20% of the total membership. They represented a variety of library types, academic, bar association, court, and state libraries. But perhaps the most intriguing was Ms. Uh, Eva Messi, librarian of the Young Men's Hebrew Association Law Library in New York City. Sadly, I haven't been able to find out anything about her or her library, so I'm not sure how, if at all, they fit into AALL diversity. On June 30, 1909, Gertrude E. Woodard, law librarian of the University of Michigan, was elected vice president of AALL for 1909-1910, becoming the first woman to serve as an officer of the association. Then, in 1910, she became the first woman elected to the AALL LL Executive Board, and in 1915, the first woman to serve as editor of Law Library Journal. For the first 25 years of existence, of its, its existence, AALL diversity, at least what is visible in the historical record, was limited to women. That finally changed in 1933, when a true hero of our story emerged. In July of that year, Howard University Law Library was admitted to AALL as an institutional member. In October, Alan Mercer Daniel, Howard's acting law librarian at the time, attended the annual meeting in Chicago, becoming, as he later wrote, quote, the first colored member to be admitted into AALL. Oh, <laughs> A Harvard graduate in both business and law, Daniel worked as an attorney in the War Department for a number of years before returning to his alma mater, where he served in various capacities in Howard's Law Library from 1924 until his retirement in 1956. Daniel attended every single annual meeting from 1933 until 1975, which was 19 years after he had retired from Howard and only one year before his death. Attending 41 consecutive annual meetings is a remarkable achievement in itself, but historical materials in ALL's archives documenting the difficulty he had in finding lodgings in many of the host cities, as well as insensitive remarks found in the published proceedings of the meetings themselves, make it clear what an incredible feat it really was and just how committed Mercer Daniel was to the law library profession and AALL. This commitment was shown in his steadfast service. He chaired three separate AALL committees and, in 1952, with the support of Miles Price of Columbia, was the first candidate of color to run for the executive board, losing by a mere 11 votes. A. Mercer Daniel justifiably has been accorded many honors. The library at Howard University was named for him, and he was a special honoree at the incorporation of Harper's Ferry into the National Park Service because of his expertise on John Brown and Harper's Ferry, where he grew up. As for AALL, he was elected to life membership upon his retirement. And in 2010, he, along with Margaret Klingelsmith and Gertrude Woodard, was inducted into the AALL Hall of Fame as a pioneer. But perhaps the best tribute paid to him was written by Marion Gallagher herself. She said, quote, The dignity with which Mercer Daniel endured indignity and his proud, dedicated service to AALL and its members won him innumerable friends. I'll now jump forward almost 40 years to the 1970s and 80s, a period of critical change not only in the country as a whole, but also in AALL's attitude and actions related to diversity. What follows are highlights, though by no means the whole story. On July 5, 1972, at the 65th annual meeting held in Chicago, members approved an amendment to the AALL bylaws, which added a new article on anti-discrimination. It read, quote, membership in the association or in any of its chapters 
or participation in any activity of the association or its chapters shall not be denied to any individual or abridged on account of race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. The provision has since been amended by changing sex to gender and by including the additional categories of age, disability, sexual orientation, and gender identity. In 1981, the Contemporary Social Problems Special Interest Section, now called the Social Responsibilities SIS, created the first AALL entities explicitly charged with diversity issues when it established two new standing committees. One was on the status of women, coordinated by Ann Puckett, and the other was the status of minorities, coordinated by Marvin Anderson. Anderson, a former Peace Corps volunteer and lawyer for the Minneapolis Department of Civil Rights, served as Minnesota State Law Librarian for more than two decades before retiring in 2002. Over that time, he chaired both the Contemporary Social Problems and the State Court and County Law Libraries Special Interest Sections, and served as president of the Minnesota Association of Law Libraries. For his tireless efforts, AALL presented Anderson with the Marion Gould Gallagher Distinguished Service Award in 2003, making him the second person of color following George Strait in 1989 to receive AALL's highest honor. On January 7, 1983, at its midwinter meeting in Cincinnati, the executive board created a new scholarship for graduate study leading to an MLS degree with eligibility limited to minority group members. In 1990, seven years later, AAL renamed this minority scholarship in honor of George A. Strait, who, as just noted, was the first person of color to receive the Gallagher Award. Over his long career, Strait served as associate director of the Harvard Law Library, founding director of the Southern, Northeastern, and Antioch Law School Libraries, and director of the University of Iowa Law Library until his retirement in 1985. AALL finally created a national committee to address diversity in 1985 when President-elect Bob Baring appointed a special committee on minority recruitment to focus on the association's stated goals of improving minority recruitment and involvement. After a few years and a name change, the special committee became a standing committee on minorities, a name it retained until 1994-95 when it was changed to the diversity committee and now called the Diversity and Inclusion Committee. As we will hear in a few minutes, that committee has taken on many responsibilities and initiatives in its 30-plus years of existence. For example, on July 19, 1996, at the annual meeting in Indianapolis, the Diversity Committee sponsored the first-ever Diversity Symposium under the co-direction of Yvonne Chandler and Committee Chair Joan Howland. That first symposium featured presentations an open forum and panel discussion, and a workshop on diversity issues and training. In later years, it has focused on specific topics, such as cross-cultural communication and affirmative action. Another of the committee's responsibilities is overseeing the Minority Leadership Development Award, created in 2001 to nurture leaders for the future and to introduce minority law librarians to leadership opportunities within the association. The value of this award is shown by the numerous and substantial professional contributions uh, of its recipients. Lauren Collins, Michelle Cosby, Dennis Kim Prioto, and Anne Lee, currently Vice Chair of the Diversity and Inclusion Committee, are just a few of the recipients who have already made significant contributions to ALL and the profession as a whole. And I'd be remiss if I failed to mention that Ron Wheeler, ALL's current president and author of the LLJ column, Diversity Dialogues, received the Minority Leadership Development Award in 2005. Carol Alpert of NYU called the first, committee, first meeting of the Standing Committee on Lesbian and Gay Issues of the Contemporary Social Problems, SIS, during the 1985 annual meeting in New York City. Over the next decade, the Standing Committee emerged as one of the most active and committed groups within AALL. It was instrumental in promoting non-discrimination policies and diversity in all aspects of employment, of the employment and professional life of law librarians. Through its efforts, sexual orientation was added to the association's anti-discrimination bylaw and to its placement guidelines. 
a resolution on AIDS in the workplace was adopted by AALL, and the executive board canceled the proposed 1998 annual meeting in Denver due to the passage of Colorado's anti-gay proposition. On July 8, 1987, 35 years after Mercer Daniel was defeated in his bid for election to the executive board, Judy Dimes-Smith, law librarian at Howard University School of Law Library, became the first person of color to serve on the executive board when she took office at the conclusion of the annual meeting in Chicago. Prior to the election, she had written that, quote, there must be more minority involvement in every aspect of the profession if law librarians are to serve the larger community. Librarians cannot afford to believe liberal thoughts while being passively engaged in non-promotion of minority views. The minority perspective is sorely lacking in AALL and needs to be addressed. More importantly, there are minority members in the organization presently who desperately want to participate in policy decisions and committee work, who feel their voices go unheeded or unheard. I hope to be a voice for those constituents, end quote. She was not only that, but Judy Dimes-Smith paved the way for the many persons of color who have followed her onto the board, including current member Donna Nixon, who is liaison to the Diversity and Inclusion Committee. Also at the 1987 annual meeting, Man Yin Lung of the University of Kansas led the effort to form the Asian American Law Librarians Caucus. It aimed to provide a forum for its members to exchange information and to represent their interests and concerns within AALL. The caucus continues to promote Asian law studies and the professional development and recruitment of Asian American law librarians. Over the years, additional caucuses with similar goals for their constituents have been formally organized, including the Native People's Law Caucus in 1991, the Black Law Librarians Caucus in 2005 with Dwight King of Notre Dame as its first chair, and the Latino Law Librarians Caucus also in 2005 behind the leadership of Lizette Lopez-Garcia of the University of Puerto Rico and with Raquel Ortiz of Boston University as the first chair. Although the story of ALL diversity involves many more individuals, events, and, and initiatives than I have been able to cover in these few minutes, I have time for only one more highlight. On July 24, 2002, at the closing banquet of the 95th Annual Meeting in Orlando, outgoing President Barbara Bentliff presented the gavel to Carol Avery Nicholson of the University of North Carolina. With that simple gesture, nearly a century after its founding at Narragansett Pier, Nicholson became the first African-American to serve as president of ALL. Her list of professional contributions is impressive, including serving as chair of ALL's Minority Committee and the, Bibli and the Online Bibliographic Services, SIS, president of the Southeastern Chapter, and co-author of Celebrating Diversity, an invaluable book that provides an, an historical overview of ALL's diversity efforts, as well as detailed profiles of many leading law librarians. Nonetheless, Nicholson later wrote that, quote, my most satisfying and enjoyable position was having the opportunity to be the first person of color to serve as AALL president. In his first presidential message published in ALL Spectrum, Ron Wheeler wrote that, quote, we have a longstanding and demonstrated commitment to, to diversity in AALL, a statement whose truth I've tried to demonstrate in this essay. Of course, it's impossible to cover everything, particularly the nuances of the story, in mere minutes. So for those who want to explore further, I've prepared a bibliography that will be included with the essay when it is posted to the Law Librarian Conversations blog. To conclude, I again turn to Judy Dimes-Smith, who expressed much better than I ever could the importance of diversity in our profession. She wrote, quote, the surest way to bring about a change of attitudes is the willingness to challenge old patterns of thinking and behavior. Change will come about when groups in control risk sharing it with others different from themselves. Fear of the unknown keeps our fears intact. We have much to gain by embracing newness. Law librarianship can only grow from fresh, new, diverse ideas and, in, and individuals. Thanks for your attention and your patience. Now to the town hall. 
Well, thank you very much, Frank. That was uh, that was great, and it was wonderful to hear um, so many wonderful colleagues uh, mention Judy Dime Smith and mm-hmm. Al Mercer Daniel and others. Um, and of course, Rich, you were uh, you were the librarian at at Howard Alan for a while Daniel. at that Alan Mercer Daniel Library. Yeah, no, when um, I had barely even heard of Alan Mercer Daniel when I went to work there, but um, boy, what an amazing guy! Um, his uh, collection of memorabilia from his years uh, in the association. The yeah, um, in the interest of. of- yeah, go ahead. I just say, in the interest of saving time, I left out a passage about the, all the photographs uh, yeah. that he took at the annual meetings that he yeah. uh, donated to ALL, and they're now at the archives. They're just unbelievable, and uh, there's so yeah. few photographs from those early years. So that was, uh, you know, a tremendous yeah. uh, contribution. Great. Yeah, great guy. All right. Well, thanks very much. Um, really enjoy those. Um, when you do your um, uh, your little essays like that, that's that's very interesting. You're welcome. My Makes pleasure. me proud again to once again to be a law librarian. <laughs> All right. So I'm before uh, Cameron. I'm going to turn it over to you and let you introduce the group and get things started. I believe that Juice um, joined us. Yes. Are you? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so everybody's here. Cameron, Great. Cameron Cowan is the um, uh, the chair of the Diversity and Inclusion uh, Committee. So, why don't you go ahead and introduce the committee and um, take it away? Thank you, Richard, for hosting us for our first town hall. We really appreciate. It's like wrangling cats is what you have to do, and I know it's a lot of work and. Uh, you might not get enough thanks, but I, we all applaud you for uh, inviting us oh. and hosting us. It's a pleasure. And, and Frank, I think your new nickname is, or your new title is Resident Historian, because whenever you give these highlights and summaries, it's quite fascinating, educational, and it really just gave us an insight into our predecessor members and trailblazers and really how AAAL is truly committed since the beginning in 1906 to diversity issues. Thank you very much. I, I really enjoyed working on it, putting it together. And so once you publish it, we'd also like to publish it through the Commons, through the Diversity and Inclusion That would be great. Listserv. I will make sure that you get a copy to do that, absolutely. Perfect. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So uh, what we're going to do is I'm just going to go through some introductions, and then we're going to go through our agenda, and certainly any guests that are calling in or writing in, you can ask questions, and at the end we'll take questions. Uh, we're happy to do so. We, this is all about our members and, 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 and educating them in what the Diversity and Inclusion Committee is doing. So as Richard said, my name is Cameron. I work at Jones Day. I'm the Diversity and Inclusion Chair for AAAL. I'm also the Private Law Librarians and Information Professionals Chair. Um, Ann Lee, she is our vice, incoming Vice Chair for the Diversity and Inclusion Committee. She's the Knowledge Management at, Analyst at Deba Voice and Plimpton in the New York office. She has been part of the Diversity and Inclusion Committee for the past two years and is, on, and is our incoming chair for 2017 and 2018. Juice Lee, he is a senior law librarian, lecturer, and affiliated faculty member for the Program on Human Rights and Global Economy at the Northeastern University School of Law. He also serves as a global law advisor and as a coach for the Philip C. Jessup International Law Moot team at the School of Law. Alex Barrario Metamoris, he's not able to join us today, but he is the Emerging Technologies Librarian and Library Associate Professor at CUNY School of Law. In addition to teaching legal research, he works with faculty to explore and implement technology tools to enhance the library services, teaching and learning throughout the curriculum in the work clinics. Um, he currently serves on the board of directors of the Law Library Association of Greater New York and chairs the AAAL Latino Caucus and is a Computing Services SIS board member. 
We also have Carolyn Brown on the phone with us. She is the Access Librarian for the Cardozo Law School. Carolyn received her JD from the Pennsylvania State University Dickinson School of Law, her MLILS from Pratt Institute, and a BA from Seton Hall. Prior to joining Cardozo, she was an outreach and reference librarian at Nova Southeastern University. She currently teaches advanced legal research and serves on the Diversity and Inclusion Committee. Donna Nixon is our board liaison to AALL, and she's uh, the Electronics Resources Librarian and Clinical Assistant Professor of Law at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Donna holds a JD from Stanford University and an MLS from the University of North Carolina. Uh, we also have Heidi on the line. She is our staff liaison from AALL headquarters. She is the Education and Programs Manager and the staff liaison. Also have Margaret Hall, uh, a.k.a. Maggie, uh, on the line. She is the Associate direct Director at the Lee H. Taylor Law School at Southwestern Law School in Los Angeles. Prior to joining Southwestern, she was at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. She has taught advanced legal research, practical legal research, and law librarianship courses. She served on multiple AAA regional and local committees. And last but not least, we have Cassandra Laskowitz, a.k.a. Cassie. Uh, she is a research librarian and lecturing fellow at Duke Law. Prior to joining Duke Law, she was in the Law Library Fellowship Program at the University of Arizona. Before starting her path onto law librarianship, Cass did geospatial analytics for the United States Army. So those are our introductions. I'd like to take a, just a minute to thank the committee for being proactive, energetic, and just quite active this year. I think we've gotten a lot accomplished, and it's been a pleasure working with you all. We still have another few, four or five months to go, but I appreciate everyone's efforts and energy. Um, one of the things that we have sort of worked on, and this is obviously an opportunity to tell uh, our audience, the AAAA members, that this year's committee's goals is to get more people involved with these issues, topics, and discussions. Engagement is really key for this committee to be able to move forward and be inclusive of all of our members. We've made positive steps to address these issues and hope that our community will be more involved going forward. I'd like to just go over what, what AALL has charged us with. So as members listen to this podcast and follow up with this with questions and uh, ongoing discussions throughout the year and in, and, and coming years, that they know that this, this is what AA Executive Board has charged us with doing. Ident identifying issues related to maximizing the diversity of AALL membership, celebrating the benefits and possibilities of a diverse and complex membership, recognizing and celebrating the richness of active, diverse membership, advising the board on mechanisms and programs that encourage a diverse and complex membership, encouraging active participation by the whole membership, including identifying barriers and how to remove them, and enriching the association uh, and the profession through extensive integration with multiple perspectives and experiences. And, of course, determining the winner of the AAL Minority Leadership Development Award. Um, we are working on these issues every month for our committee me meetings, and certainly with some of the things that the other members of the committee will be discussing, you'll see really how much thought and uh, effort we've made to open the communication and have more individuals of AAAL members being engaged. One thing that the board has done, uh, that the Diversity and Inclusion Committee has done that um, I'm, not, I'm not sure everyone is aware, but we proposed, as a committee, we proposed to the board to discuss um, changing the name of the committee. Uh, the committee discussed how it can broaden the understanding of the mission of the group. This is our proposal to the board, by the way. The addition of the word inclusion represents an acknowledgement of the fact that it is not enough to simply have diverse communities, but that actions need to be taken to make diverse members of our communities feel included. Many organizations are recognizing that taking actions to promote inclusion is needed to retain diversity in our organizations. We ask that AALL board 
add the name word inclusion in the committee to committee's name to signify AALL's commitment to sustain diversity of AALL's membership. Adding inclusion will make it clear that AALL celebrates the benefits and possibilities of diverse, complex members' membership and plans to take action to sustain that richness. The committee wants to encourage multiple perspectives and experiences and believes the name change will help do that. The committee believes that this change will signal that the AALL board encourages active participation by the whole membership and was working to remove the barriers to participation. This proposal was submitted in November to the board, and the board voted unanimously to include the word inclusion in our committee. Quite a success, and it goes to show that Ron Wheeler and his executive board are committed to diversity and inclusion for all of our members. Um, I think we're going to move to uh, Ann Lee right now, our incoming vice chair, to talk about a couple of points. Ann? Yep. Thanks, Cameron. Thanks, everyone. Um, my name is Ann Lee. Again, I'm at um, a law firm called Deborah Boys and Simpson in New York. Um, to add to uh, Cameron's uh, comment about engagement, um, I just wanted to touch on um, how the AALL members can volunteer for the Diversity and Inclusion Committee um, in, in the coming year. Unfortunately, um, the period, the call for volunteers has just come and gone. I think the deadline was January 29th. We just missed it. But in the case um, you're sitting there saying, oh, shucks, I really wish um, I could join, you know, that, that window opens up again next year, probably around the same time. So. Uh, make sure you keep an eye out uh, for mentions of it on, I think they have uh, the members open forum weekly e-news, but there's also standalone e-blasts to all the members, so make sure you're subscribed to AALL emails. Um, they'll, they'll include all of the applicable links, and uh, once all of those applications to volunteer are submitted, AALL's appointments committee, uh, they all meet to go through the applications and assign volunteers, so please do um, volunteer next year. We, we always look forward to having fresh blood and fresh ideas um, to contribute to the committee. Um, I think Cameron went through the introduction, so you have a sense of what, who, the number of people um, and what type of people are, the committee is comprised of. We've got the chair, the vice chair, and five, um, five members, as well as the executive board liaison and the staff liaison. So membership on the committee is normally for two years, except for the vice chair and chair, who um, serve three years. Um, so again, please volunteer, if, even if it's not for the Diversity and Inclusion Committee. AALL is such a great organization with so many opportunities to get involved, so um, keep an eye out next year. Um, moving on, I just wanted to uh, apprise everybody about the a diversity and Inclusion Symposium that will be coming up at the conference this year in Austin. Um, please mark your ca calendars for Sunday, July 16th. Uh, the symposium is taking place at 4 p.m. It's uh, slated to go until 5.15. And following the symposium, there will be a reception and cocktails um, for symposium attendees to mingle and, and talk about the issues and the symposium um, itself, too. Uh, just kind of catch up. It's, it's, I've been to the, the symposium and receptions, and it's a great event. Um, it's a great way to meet people. So please mark your calendars, as I said. This year, the topic um, will be diversity, sorry, intersectionality and identifying with multiple identities, race, gender, and beyond. So uh, this is a symposium um, that's open to all AALL members who want to learn about identity issues to further their knowledge in this area. And we're hoping that the participants and attendees, um, what they'll take away is to hear about fellow colleagues, about their self-identification journeys, learn about the challenges and conflicts that others um, have faced in the professional setting, and also uh, receive suggestions and advice on how to handle these challenges and conflicts in the workplace. I, I believe, you know, with the past conversations we've had about this, we're thinking that a lot of people can identify with different identities, and it would be a great forum just to kind of hear others that are, you know, uh, facing similar issues um, in light of their journeys and kind of 
connect on that level. So I think it's going to be a great event. Um, you know, it'll, uh, it'll have a number of speakers that we're very excited about. There's going to be four speakers, but we're hoping, you know, after they um, share their experiences that there's plenty of opportunity to hear from others um, about similar experiences or different experiences and the like. Um, you know, and I think it's a topic that will speak to how the multiple identities can have a double or triple or multiple fold impact on the level of adversity or difficulties that we as librarians face. And it's an experience, um, it's a shared experience that uh, I think a lot of people can speak to. So we're very excited about that. Um, if you guys have any questions, you know, also I wanted to put out there, we have a group uh, email address that you can um, contact all of our committee members at. I think that's AALLNET, A-A-L-L-N-E-T, dash diversity at connectedcommunity.org. Um, if you, if you forgotten to write down the date or the, t or the time, for example, feel free to email and ask those questions. Um, on that note, I'm going to hand it over to Juice, who's going to speak to the Minority Leadership Development Award. Hi, uh, this is Juice Apley. Uh, I'm also called Juice. Uh, today, I'm going to introduce the Minority Leadership Development Award, uh, also called uh, MLDA. Um, it was created in 2000, like Frank said, uh, he introduced really well the history of a Minority Leadership Development Award. They started from 2001 to nurture leaders for the future and to introduce minority law librarians to leadership opportunities within the WHL Association. So award will shall consist of the, the following benefits, the travel, lodging, and uh, registration expenses for one recipient to attend the annual meeting of the WHL. And also experienced WHL leader will serve as a recipient's mentor for at least one year. So they'll be mentored for one year. It will be a great experience for them. And then also they'll be given an opportunity to serve on the WHL Diversity Committee, Diversity and Inclusion Committee now, and during the year following the award too. So basic qualifications, um, there are actually five, six basic qualifications. So first one is uh, it should be a member of a minority group defined by current U.S. government guidelines as found in 62 Federal Register 58782, which means like uh, it should be uh, one of the racial and ethnic groups uh, defined by the federal regulation. So it's uh, pretty much like uh, African-American, um, the Latino, Hispanic, and Asian, and Pacific Islanders. So we may need to extend this uh, group to the other sexual uh, minority groups too, but uh, right now we are stick to this uh, federal regulations. And second, um, the, the applicant should have a strong academic record and also should have on the uh, master's degree in library and information science too. In addition, uh, it has been a member of WWF for two years, also have two years of a full-time professional law library work experience too. And also another important thing is that the uh, applicant uh, should have no more than five years of a professional library or information service work experience. So when I tried to apply for this, uh, the MLDA, I already spent five years, so I couldn't really apply for this. So this is uh, for the young librarian, which has experienced uh, less than five years. And also, it should be a current member of the WWL tour, and also it should demonstrate leadership potentiality too. And so basic instruction to submit application package is, uh, usually we're going to announce this MLDA award like around the late uh, November or all uh, December. So when you send, uh, when you announce this, uh, usually the deadline is February 1st every year. So you have to send a completed application form uh, with the current resume uh, and the recommendations. And also you need to write a, like a brief essay, uh, 500 to 1,000 words essay on how your career has been influenced by belonging to a group and how you hope to impact the profession and the association as you become a leader. 
So uh, we're going to keep this application for at least two years. So if you're not selected for the first year, your uh, application materials will be remaining for another year or two. So you, um, this year we've got uh, three applications. So even if we select one, so the other two will be automatically included into next year's application. So I think it's very highly possible that uh, your application will be considered and will be selected as uh, the award winner. Uh, so I think that's it. So if you have any other further questions, uh, please uh, email me or the Cameron. Also, there's another member helping this with the cast, so she's going to help uh, to answer your questions too. Thanks. Thank you, Juice. And exciting. We have received some applications, and we're actually in the process of reviewing them. And as Juice said, those that aren't selected this year, their applications will roll over to next year. This is uh, agreed upon by the board from uh, the last diversity committee. Uh, and thank you for your summary of the symposium. And based on Frank's uh, highlights earlier, this looks like it will be the 21st diversity and symposium. That's, so that's the way I count it. Yep. Oh, good. Uh, my math is right for once. So that's kind of <laughs> exciting to be able to participate in something that's been going on this long. So we do appreciate that. And uh, now we're going to jump to Cass and some communications and the comments. Yes, so this is Cass Laskowski, and uh, so the Commons is a My Communities group that's open to all members. It's a place where the Diversity and Inclusion Committee will post articles, announcements. It's a main avenue for us to communicate to the membership our efforts and maybe some things that we want you to see. But one thing we want the, the entire community to know is that the Commons is designed as a forum for open discussion of diversity and other issues, and it's open to everybody. We want to encourage everyone to participate. So even though we'll be posting things and, and we'll be putting updates there, everyone is welcome to start conversations or add to uh, current conversations or talk about some of the things that we post. We encourage those conversations, and we welcome members to either start or continue them themselves. So if you wanted to join the Commons, it's not too difficult. We created a bit.ly, so it's much easier to get directly to the Commons page. And so that's going to be http colon forward slash forward slash bit period ly forward slash aall the Commons. So http colon forward slash forward slash bit period ly forward slash AL the Commons, and I will put that in the comments section here in a little bit. But all you have to do is log into your ALL, AALL account. When you get there, click the Join button, and then you'll get those emails from us whenever there's something posted. You also get emails whenever anybody else starts a conversation on those pages. So please, please, please do join. We want to make sure that that conversation reaches as many people as possible and that as many people as possible feel comfortable participating and joining in in the conversation on the commons. Um, and the second part we're gonna, that I'm going to address really quick is just sort of the plans for the rest of the year. And so I've heard a lot of the different things, such as the MLDA um, recipient, which we'll announce soon. We're also planning on trying to develop a webinar on a diversity and inclusion topic, so that's forthcoming. Keep an eye out. Join the commons. You'll be 100% on top of that. Um, we're also starting to develop liaison efforts with minority caucuses and social responsibility interest groups to help promote diversity and inclusion and also create sort of this centralized um, network and mission um, between all of these these interest groups. So that's that's our plan for the next year. And so we welcome you to join us in the Commons and to stay up to date with us. And we'll try to communicate as much as we can about those efforts. And then I'm going to pass it on to... Okay. Uh, Maggie, Maggie, Alex, and Anne for yes, yeah. Maggie. Okay, before before we go there, in the interest of inclusion, I n just noticed that there is a um, a caller who has just joined us from the seven one three area code. Um, let me just pick this up and see if this person has a question about what we've called, or if this is somebody joining the call. I know that Ron Wheeler was um, hoping to uh, join us, so. Um, Let's just pause and see who this is. This Hello, is, caller from 713. 
This is Cameron Van, always interested in this topic. Great diversity report. I just joined you. Thank you. Okay, are you are you just calling in, just listening, or um... just listening? Yes. Okay. All right. Then I'm I'm going to put you on uh, mute for a little while. If if you do have a question, just um, say that you have a question in the um, chat room, and I'll pick you up. Glad Thank you. glad that you could join us. Me too. All right. Um, who Maggie? Yep. Hello, everyone. This is Maggie from Southwestern. I'm next up, and I'm going to talk about how we are really in the Diversity and Inclusion Committee, really trying to reach out to the other caucuses and the committees and the SISs to get their – we actively seek their input for symposium ideas and program ideas. So we are open, like we've been talking about. We really want to do things that are important to the AALL community and to really meet the needs of the members and along those lines, um, beyond just liaison with the different caucuses and different committees, we also put out a survey. And it was very interesting. We had over 250 total responders to our diversity and inclusion survey. Um, not everybody chose to answer every question, but the majority of responders identified as straight white women, and the age range was well distributed. So it made for a really interesting survey, in my opinion. Beyond identifying, one of the questions we asked was, should AALL do more to support the current members who belong to an underrepresented group? And 48% said yes, but more telling was that 43% said that they have no thoughts on the issue. And it's this group that may benefit most from the information that we put forward. Um, We hope to better inform everyone of the issues and concerns that the underrepresented groups within our profession have. And so for the Diversity and Inclusion Committee, information like this helps us create the valuable programs and the symposium ideas and the webinars that we do. And I know that we're short on time, but I wanted to share just a sampling of some of the suggestions and comments because question number 10 was just an open-ended, what do you think? What is your suggestions? And numerous members talked about the need to look closely at the locations of our meetings, and they want the locations we select to be welcoming to everyone in their profession. Members also commented multiple times on the salary survey and the information contained in it about the salary differences between race and gender. Um, Many of them had outreach suggestions and attempt to bring in a more diverse group of librarians into our profession, not focusing on necessarily the law schools, but really the library schools. Um, something that I was frankly surprised about, and it's why I love being part of this committee, is multiple people asked for us to look really heavily at accommodations for the deaf and hearing impaired at the annual meeting. And as with everything, not all comments were positive. Some members asked why, if we didn't have better things to do with our time, and some <coughs> stated that these questions were none of our business, so we didn't want to make you think that everything was roses and sunshine and positivity. But the majority of comments were salient, positive, and helpful, and the negative comments we feel are helpful to having an open discussion. So even if there are negative comments, we want to hear them because it helps us to put together what we're going to do. And then one last one I'll just quote directly. One member member said, these conversations help foster understanding of not only other people, which would be enough to justify them, but of ourselves as well. And so that's my little report on what the survey had to say. Thank you, Maggie. I appreciate it. So the survey took a long time for us to draft. Uh, This is Cameron. Uh, We spent a couple months on it, figuring out what we wanted to survey, uh, what questions would be appropriate, what were we trying to elicit and solicit from the results. And so I'm sure at some point, once we uh, all of us get a better handle on really what the survey results uh, say that we will uh, publish something from the Commons to give uh, all of our members a chance to hear what the survey had to say, and perhaps in another five or ten years, when of course we'll send the new uh, committee will send out another survey. You know, maybe things will have changed. I know. I think a survey was sent out about maybe seven years ago that I was able to review all the answers, and so some statistics have changed, and people are becoming more open with disclosing who they are, what rep- what minority representation they identify with. So it is presenting some good information that's good for our uh, membership. So thank you, Maggie. 
Uh, I think I'll turn it over to Carolyn. She has been uh, working hard on our Librarian of the Month. But just to give you a little background, it was under Shamika's leadership last year that uh, she started the Librarian of the Month. I, I think it was under her direction. Uh, it might have been started earlier, but I'm attributing it to Shamika, so forgive me if I'm wrong. So we're just continuing that tradition. And uh, Carolyn, do you want to go ahead and kind of talk about the process and what you've been doing? Sure. Um, we try to you know, go ahead and highlight a bunch of different members of just AA, LL in general, and we've been trying to get a group of people just to pull in different people to see, to look at the commons, first of all, and to see what we're up to. So we've had a few different members. We've had Marilena Fina, Alex Zan, um, Ramon Baharas, um, Avery Lee, I was just our Librarian of the Month in February. And then looking to the future, we have uh, Maggie Hall and <coughs> coming up in the future. So we just try to get a diverse group of people and just get um, a sense of what diversity means to our membership. And that sort of gives us a good look into what people are thinking. Thank you, Carolyn. Sure. Um, in addition to that, so... Carolyn posted to the Commons, so you can always look at the Commons, but also in Ron Wheeler's monthly address, there's always a link to the Diversity and Inclusion Librarian of the Month, so that gives you know uh, more people access to the information that we're compiling on our members, so don't forget to look for that. Now, Ron Wheeler started a new committee, uh, the George Strait or George Strait Scholarship Review Committee, to expand upon uh, the diversity initiative that he's planning, more of a fellowship program, I believe it is. I'm not on the committee, but I have a summary of what Alan Moy, who's chair of the committee, is doing for for the executive board and at the direction of Ron Wheeler. So Alan Moy is the chair. The members are Julie Lim, Mary Abigail Bastos Dos Santos, Gretchen Van Dam, Mike Chiores, Paula Davidson, Eugenia Newton, and DeCarlos Spearman. Their charge is to provide recommendations to AA Scholarship Committee for expanding the straight scholarship to include funding for internship experience, review guidelines, criteria, and application process for the straight scholarship, and explore venues that will provide recipients, uh, example, work experience, with better opportunities for employment as a law librarian after graduation. Here's the current uh, state of the endowment. As of August 31st, 2016, the straight endowment has approximately $395,000 in it. They need to maintain the $250,000 in the endowment, and about $34,000 of that is awarded annually to recipients. The committee has two teleconference meetings so far, with a third scheduled later this month. They have been dis discussing bifurcating the fund into scholarship and fellowships. As I mentioned, Ron Wheeler does want to have a new fellowship, diverse fellowship program started, probably um, at the direction of this committee will review it, and which scholarships and fellowship, which allows recent library graduates to get professional experience. The fellowship could be an add-on to the scholarship, so it can increase a good pool of applicants of color. We're all, this committee is also exploring various venues for the fellowship, funded or funded, unfunded identifying and hosting library institution, allowing recipients to find hosting libraries, and working with library graduate programs that have internships, and reaching out to local chapters with internship programs. So AAL is really spearheading this new initiative. Ron Wheeler is supporting it 100%, and I think we'll see a fellowship program develop over the course of the next few months, maybe a year. Um, the Diversity and Inclusion Committee is not directly responsible for any of this work, but we certainly were happy to work with them and you know, make this initiative a very positive experience for the fellows to come in the future years. So with that, we have, I know, I think I've seen a couple questions come in. Uh, Richard, have you seen any? Because I've I got about no. three questions. No, I three questions were sent to me. So, okay, uh, go for it. Uh, okay, so first question is: the Diversity and Inclusion Committee planning to put on any webinars? The answer is, we hope so. But there are a lot of processes and procedures that we have to go through AAAL to ensure that all of our members have access. And with all these other projects and initiatives that we've been doing, it's just a matter of time. We have someone in mind, uh, y'all may know her, Maureen Sullivan. She is a library consultant. She's been doing the AAAL Management Institute 
for years. I, I think I attended the institute in 2008, so I met her back at, back in the day. And she has agreed to do a webinar for us um, to benefit AAAL on diversity and inclusion issues. It's just a matter of getting it scheduled. So we hope to get that scheduled. If not, maybe it will be under Ann Lee's leadership next year. So, um, And I, one question came in and says, what are the selection criteria for the MLDA? Uh, I can answer that, or do you want to, Cass or Juice? Because I have the rubrics in front of me. Would you like to? Uh, yeah, I can answer it. So we okay. actually have a, a, the rubrics for selection. So when member receives uh, all of the completed MSC applications, uh, we're going to uh, rate the applicant in accordance with the, with the rating form. And so we have a rubric. So, so we look at identity as a member of a membership group and education and experience. We will look at also leadership potential and also we will look at recommendation letters. So, so it's very objective. Yeah. Great, thank you, thank you. Um, we have one other question. Why is it important for a AAAL member who may not be part of any minority or diverse group to attend and or be an active participant in the diversity symposium and programs? Huh. That's an interesting question. <laughs> um, I can take a crack at that. Cause, sure. Um, so this is Maggie, and I am not very diverse, and I was lucky enough to start off my career at um, the University of North Carolina, where we have talked about how Carol Nicholson and Donna Nixon were there, and the University of North Carolina's law library was a very diverse group of people in multitude of ways, from religion to sexual orientation to colors. It was just wonderful, and so my very first AAAL, they... Um, told me that, you know, this was one of the things when I was getting the prep of what to do at AAAL, one of the things I should go to, and I've gone to it every year since then. And I can say from personal experience that not really having um, some of the experiences that my other professional counterparts have, these diversity symposiums have opened my eyes to so many things that I now think about on a regular basis when I'm helping my patrons or when I'm working with um, other library staff members. And it really is one of the most beneficial things that I have done, which is why I wanted to be on the committee. So from my own personal experience, I think not being part of a very defined, diverse group other than really women I get the most information that I really bring back and use sometimes from the diversity symposium. If, if I can jump in here too, um, I was um, actually laughing with uh, some of my colleagues uh, when I first uh, was contacted by Cameron about hosting this um, in, in, in a way uh, the, um, you know, AAAL in my experience, I've been uh, in the profession for a long time. It's one of the most diverse groups uh, that there that there is. I mean, um, from a white man's uh, point of view, you know, it's a field with lots and lots of uh, women and lots and lots of. Um, you know, sexual orientations, it sort of seemed redundant. I mean, I was just laughing in a joking way that we even have a diversity committee because AAAL is diverse. Um, but I think that it is, it's easy to take for granted. And having the committee um, helps bring issues to light that those of us who are, um, I don't know, I'll call myself an idiot, um, you know, for, for, you know, just taking it for granted uh, and not um, really appreciating it. It reminds us that, you know, of how important um, these issues are. I've followed this um, this committee for years. I think I was on a very, very, very early iteration of this uh, committee uh, back when it was formed, and I've enjoyed every minute of it so, for what that's worth. Well, uh, this is Frank. I would just add that, um, you know, I, in my uh, research about 
ALL and diversity over the over the century really it's existed century and a few years now um i think that um while uh, things are are probably um uh we've advanced beyond where we were uh when um in 1987 when Judy Dime Smith uh really kind of challenged the association yeah. in in her uh in her uh, uh campaign statement uh, so we've we've gone beyond that, but just hearing a couple of the things that were mentioned, um, the, uh, comments that were made in the uh, survey, um, response to the uh, committee survey, uh, it struck me saying, wow, those are issues that are are still out there at least enough so that uh, at least one person made a comment about it, and the one that in particular just leaped at me was the comment saying ALL needs to look more closely at the locations it chooses for its meetings. And, yeah. you know, I I hinted at, without being uh, too explicit, because I really didn't have the time to do it, about the challenges that Mercer Daniel faced. Um, if you go just a little bit into and I really recommend everyone taking a look at the book that I mentioned that uh, uh, Carol Nicholson and Ruth Hill and Vincente uh, Garcia has put together uh, about uh, uh, um, celebrating diversity. It, in the the chapter about Mercer Daniel goes into into some into some detail about yeah. how it was a, uh, almost impossible for him to find lodging, and and that the association really didn't do anything to help him. Uh, now I don't think we're we're way beyond that, but if people are still saying, um, you know. Uh, Maybe we need to look closer. That suggests that there may be uh, there that issues that uh, uh, exist in the past still exist on some level. So you know, it's not like everything is perfect and everything has been solved, and now we can go on to something no. else. Absolutely, and that's what I was referring to when I said, you know, idiots like me who take things for granted and think that everything's okay. Well, and that was one of the things that I learned when I my six years at. Um, as director at Howard and talking with my colleagues there, geez, I, I heard stories that I just was not aware of. And, um, you know, we may feel real comfortable where we are, but unless we have committees like this that can really uh, raise the profile of, of uh, the minorities uh, among us and underrepresented groups among us, uh, and that can tell us about them, um, you know, we just don't know. And it's really important to know because we do have uh, a lot of work to do. You're right, Richard. And that's why, as a committee, we've really been trying to get people engaged. That means all of AA, AA members, to start a discussion, to start asking questions on the commons, to really start focusing on educating yourself on these issues. I'll do yeah. a plug for Ron Wheeler's uh, Diversity Dialogues, mm -hmm. which I read. Absolutely religiously, um, reading about microaggressions, learning about them, unconscious biases, et cetera, you know, going to uh, your chapter events that are that discuss this. I know LLSDC, we're having a town hall with uh, Ron Wheeler coming up in April. We're seeing if we can actually tape it so it can be available to the members. So it's up to each of us to engage with our association and to self-educate along with hopefully the help of AAAL and the Diversity and Inclusion Committee hopefully going to be able to offer a webinar. So I'd encourage everyone to review the AllNet uh, on AllNet, the Diversity and Symposium from last year. It's available. It's on same-sex relationships and the laws. And uh, it was one of the highly rated Rated pro, uh, highest rated programs out of AAA last year. Uh, we, uh, Shamika last year set a high bar for us this year, and we hope that this intersectionality symposium will be just as good and as, as just as educational. And quite frankly, it was emotional last year, and I expect it to be as emotionally co compelling as it was last year because we've had some conversations with these panelists, and we all are very committed and very passionate about these issues ourselves. So. Uh, Another reminder, if everyone can join the comments, and uh, thank you, thank you, thank you to Richard and Frank for hosting and for writing such a be beautifully eloquent summary of the diversity issues since 1906. We really do appreciate it from the committee. Well, you're very welcome. Um, 
I also want to say to those people who are not on this call and who are not in the chat room, so they won't hear me anyway, but I'm going to get it off my chest because some of them may be listening to this as a podcast. Shame on you for not being here. Uh, only 15 people in the chat room. There's, um, I was really surprised. That I thought that more people would would jump on. So enough of my scolding. Um, does anybody have anything else? Uh, any of the board members or anybody that's on the call that wants to add anything? Anybody have any news uh, out there in the world that would be of interest to um, law librarianship generally? Or are we at the end of our time together? We're done? This is Ann. I'll add one more thing. Um, Alex, couldn't, Alex couldn't be on the call today. Um, but I know, and I, I'm not, I, I don't have many details on this, but I do know if you are in the New York area, um, LAGNI um, is the association here that um, has just established a diversity and inclusion committee as well. So I think they're just kicking off if anybody has an interest, um, just as I was pushing for volunteers for our committee in, in the upcoming year. If you want to get up uh, involved in the new on the New York kind of local level, that's another yeah. opportunity to also get involved. Yeah. Good word. All right. Well, thank you everybody for uh, joining us. Um, for those of you who are in the chat room or um, you know uh, listening live, uh, be sure and spread the word. This. Um, program, the whole conversation will be available on um, iTunes uh, very shortly, usually within about 10 minutes, 15 minutes of uh, when we end the show. And I want to thank everybody, um, Anne, Cameron, Frank, Heidi, Maggie, Donna, uh, Juice, and um, uh, for joining us on the board and those who uh, had to sign off, Anne and uh, Cassie and um, others who, who signed off already. Until uh, next month when we will have something exciting to talk about, I say farewell, happy trails. You know, and did you ever notice that if you mix the two two letters in happy trails, comes out happy trials? <laughs> got a legal spin on it, but it, but that doesn't sound good either. Happy trials. So let's just leave it at happy trails. Until thank we you, Roy. Thank you, Roy and Dale. Thank you, yes, thank you so much. Right. Thank you. See you later, everybody. Bye, Bye. Bye from the heart. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. I gotta get. <laughs>